Welcome, everybody, to FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. This is the Fighting Irish Day Blitz, and I'm your host, Rob Thidoff, also known as RPT. You can find me on X, at Thidoff. This episode, we're going to focus on the Notre Dame women's basketball team for all their games for the month of January. I'm not going to do a very uh, detailed for each single game, but a high-level overview I want to go over uh, over turnovers and free throw percentage. That's always my two big keys to winning these games. And a little bit more of the nuts and bolts to where this team's going. Had we done this episode yesterday before their last game for the month of January, my attitude would have been a very negative, condescending, especially to Coach Ivy, because I've been very critical these last couple of weeks as this season's been very up and down, a lot of injuries. But after last night's big win, against UConn at UConn. I'm cautiously optimistic. This team still has to work out tons of issues, especially injury wise. Uh, they are down. Uh, Emma uh, Rich is out for the year. Uh, Cass Prosper is still out. I don't know if she's coming back. We finally learned yesterday, Olivia Miles, our star point guard last year, probably our best player last year. Uh, she tore her ACL in the last regular season game against Louisville. She will not be playing this year. She's out for the year. Uh, that was a, we finally got in uh, the answer though. And I think Olivia said it because uh, coach, coach Ivy has been very secretive about this subject, more secretive than the JFK assassination, but we finally know she will be out uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, who else uh, right now? So yeah, Cass Prosper, Olivia Miles out, Emma Rish. So three players right now, we're more or less down to seven players and that's not good. I know we won a national championship in 2018 with six players. But that team was uh, uh, a lot more talented. You could pretty much have, of the five starters for the team, could be your star player at any point is what I'm trying to say. But last night, big win at UConn. UConn had been playing uh, their best ball of the season, if not the best teams uh, in the month of January. I know South Carolina is undefeated. Ohio State's really coming on right now. Uh, LSU's a pretty good team again this year. Uh, but... UConn was probably playing the best ball of any team, uh, but we ended their 13-game winning streak at UConn. It was a nationally televised game on Fox, so great uh, recognition for this team, uh, great publicity for this team, great marketing tool for Notre Dame to say, hey, on the big stage, uh, this Notre Dame women's basketball team came to play, and what a game. I, I can't say it enough. But um, I forgot how good it feels to beat UConn, too. Uh, that was a huge rivalry back in the day when we were both in the Big East. Coach uh, McGraw and Coach Oriema did not like each other. And it's a very sweet victory to beat UConn. So what I'm going to do first, uh, we played eight games in the month of January. We finished six and two. And I'm just going to go very quickly through these games, give you how many turnovers, because that's always the key with this team. They play very sloppy. Even last year, uh, even though I that was a slightly better team, uh, but this team is slowly coming on. But And then I want to go over uh, their free throw percentage also. So the uh, first game was against Pitt. They had 12 turnovers, but we won 71 to 66. We almost ran out of players because with all the injuries we've had up until that point, Matty Westfeld had a concussion and we damn near ran out of players. And that was a... Uh, very uh, nerve-wracking game because Pitt is not a great team, and to lose at Pitt would have been detrimental. Uh, then we uh, you you are got tongue-tied there. Uh, North Carolina, uh, we lost sixty-one to fifty-seven. That was at home, uh, first time I think North Carolina beat them at Notre Dame. I could be wrong on that, 
but uh lost by four points we were 14 out of 21 from the free throw line you hit your free throws you win that game uh boston college we annihilated 98 to 48 uh big win there uh had 19 turnovers though miami of florida we won 70 to 59 17 turnovers virginia on the road uh, we won 86 to 76 uh 17 turnovers or 15 turnovers wake forest we won 75 to 56 16 turnovers syracuse this past thursday uh lost 79 to 65 just a very bad game especially in the second half uh only had 12 turnovers but that's the first time we've lost to syracuse uh twice in a season we lost uh, new year's eve to them at syracuse and uh, just a very bad game and i'm thinking Saturday night primetime Fox game. We're going to get annihilated by UConn. I thought we'd get blown out by 30 points. I'm eating crow today. It's the best time uh, to eat crow when your team wins. Uh, but they did have 16 turnovers, but we won 82 to 67 over UConn. Just a great win. That game reminded me of when the Notre Dame went, men won the uh, uh, ACC uh, tournament championship in 2015 over North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina got off to a like a 10-point lead, kind of what UConn did last night. We come back, take a 10-point lead, and then the second half, uh, UConn uh, comes back, ties the game, similar to what UNC did in 2015. But then we just uh, run away with the game at the end in the last probably four to five minutes. So very similar. I kind of thought about that this morning. Very similar to the way we the men won the ACC Tournament Championship in 2015 uh, to uh, how we won that game last night. So big win but here's the thing and this is like my second talking point after we went through the uh, season recap notre dame has a great big three in hannah hidalgo maddie westfeld and well actually let me before i talk this is let me let me just go over this is where i do want to go over the stats really quick uh, so last night's game we only had it's a great win don't get me wrong but only four players scored last night and two of the starters did not score. Kylie Watson had zero points. Anna DeWolf, who's a transfer from Fordham, great three-point shooter. But when you have no inside game where you can just uh, uh, throw the ball inside, look like you're going to score, and then kick it out for a three-point shot, we have no threat like that now because our inside game is absolutely pathetic. How great that would be to get Anna DeWolf involved in the game three-point shooting wise she has surprised me this year i've said that in other podcasts where uh, i'm like well hannah dewolf had about 15 points tonight she actually created uh, her own shot at times because i thought pretty much she was just a setup uh, three-point shooter but last night she was no threat at all and actually kylie watson didn't even take a shot so when your center's not even taking a shot your biggest uh three-point shooter i think she took two shots that's still concerning, but still we had uh, Nat Marshall, who is a center power forward, whatever you want to call it. She's six foot five, I believe, because Kylie Watson, six foot four. She had a great first half. She had eight points and then only two in the second half. So 10 points. The rest of our scoring is what I call our big three. Uh, Maddie Westbound, who was outstanding last night, especially uh, in the second half. Uh, she's six foot three, but more of a perimeter type uh she shoots the three-point shot pretty well but your intermediate uh 15 foot shots she's pretty good in that also 23 points uh sonia citron who didn't have the greatest game but still made some big shots at the end and had a really good end of the first half she had 15 points 
And then our All-American uh, freshman, to me, she's the second best player in women's college basketball right now, only second to Caitlin Clark. Hannah Hidalgo, 34 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, and she is relentless on defense too. But here's the thing. As great as that game was last night, our big three, it's not sustainable for the big three to do that night in, night in and night out because what other teams will do will just focus on taking them out of the game and take their chances with an inside game that is absolutely non-existent right now. And that's the trouble. Our big three, I would take our big three out of any college uh, uh, women's college basketball program right now. That includes Iowa, who I think after Caitlin Clark, it's a very here. And let me take a step back. Our big three is outstanding. The problem is we're down to seven players right now. Our four to seven, the drop-off is so significant. I was trying to think of a comparison between our big three and then our four to seven, the drop-off. Uh, think of, gosh, how can I say this? And I don't want to be mean here, but um, let's take two uh, celebrities from back in the day. Uh, Patrick Swayze, women loved him in the 80s and 90, 90s. Sex symbol, uh, he was in... Uh, Dirty Dancing, Roadhouse, which I still haven't seen. I know they're making a remake right now, or they did make a remake, and the trailer came out this week. My pop culture reference uh, for this podcast that I always like to have. Um, but very, um, like I said, he was, uh, like I said, a big-time uh, movie actor. He passed away a couple years ago from pancreatic cancer. And let's say Michelle Pfeiffer, beautiful woman, still beautiful in her 60s. But take their looks, and they have siblings that are not... They, they're probably great people, don't get me wrong, but their siblings do not have the looks. It's a big-time drop-off. If you look at Patrick Swayze's brother, who's also an actor, compare them just look-wise and the whole Hollywood appeal, it's a dramatic drop-off. Uh, he's a strange-looking dude. Let's just put it that way. Michelle Pfeiffer's uh, sister, Dee Dee Pfeiffer, who I believe is an actress too. Uh, I think George Clooney dated her back in the day. But anyway, her looks compared to Michelle... And Patrick's looks compared to his brother, night and day. Our big threes play compared to our four to seven, especially that inside game, is the comparison between Patrick Swayze, his brother, Michelle Pfeiffer, and her sister. It, it it's it's dramatic, and that's why if you look at, I, like I said, I will take our big three over South Carolina. The, the, the thing is, South Carolina's. Four through, I think they can go about 10, 11. And that's the thing, too. We just don't have the depth right now. They're 10 and 11, or four through 11 uh, is so much better than ours. Even Ohio State. Uh, I think Ohio State has a pretty damn good team. I think if they play a, a team that's very, that has a great inside presence, I think that's where their kryptonite would be. But their four through 10 or 11, because they can go so deep, is so much better than ours. But our big three is better than theirs. Uh, who else? Iowa. Even with Caitlin Clark, I think our big three is much bigger than their big three. Because if you take Caitlin Clark out of the game, her supporting cast, complimentary players, whatever you want to call it, is so much better. Or they're, if you take her out of the game, her complimentary players are nowhere near as productive as if they were with her in the game is what I'm trying to say. But that's our big three. I can't say enough. I would take them over any team right now that includes south carolina lsu virginia tech i think ucla has a pretty good team this year uh colorado osu iowa the big but the thing is is it sustainable 
And as I mentioned earlier, Kylie Watson did not take a shot last night. And I watched her get a rebound last night. I can tell she's thinking too much now because she's really struggled lately. And, but I will say she was at least in the game last night, but still thinking too much. And it was just like, okay, I got to guard, guard this person, guard that person. And then she gets a rebound. She's wide open underneath the basket. All she has to do either take one step, put it back up. It's a easy layup, but no, she's so focused into not screwing up right now because she's done that a lot. She has a lot of turnovers for a center and then she kicks a bat out and then we get a good shot. And I think we, the shot was actually made last night, but she's not looking at all to score to be any sort of offensive um, production at all with this team. And that's concerning uh, next year. Hopefully that's a different, that that's where I'm kind of whatever, what do we have the best assistant coaches right now? Or do we have the best head coach right now in development? Because she's been at the program two years now. Nat Marshall's kind of hot and cold sometimes. But our inside presence, it's night and day for any team, in, a women's team in college basketball right now. It's the, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer sister comparison, the Patrick Swayze brother comparison right now. Just drastic difference. One, our depth, the four to seven, four to ten, whatever you want to call it. And also our inside presence just totally... Um, such a drop-off is what I'm trying to say. But the big three, we're right up there with the big three. But now next year, we have a McDonald's All-American coming in. Uh, she's either a top three player or a top five player. Her name's Kate Koval or Kate Koval. I'm going to say Koval. She's six foot five. It'll probably be a day one starter, but that's next year. And you'd like to have at least two really big uh, uh, girls inside. Uh, you just don't want one big-time center because if you watch – LSU and South Carolina on Thursday night. And that, that game beat the NBA uh, game of the week uh, because it was such a um, highly anticipated game. And it was a, a great game as well. But the length on those teams is just incredible. Uh, it's just unbelievable. Uh, shot blocking, uh, just how tall these girls are. And not just tall, but very athletic and good basketball players as well. Kylie Watson, six foot four. I'm not saying she's not tall. Uh, Nat Marshall, six foot five, but they're just not really good basketball players. Uh, Nat Marshall was decent last night, at least in the first half, but we got to get that inside presence. Maybe next year, Kate Koval uh, will be that person, but she's not here yet. Uh, KK Bransford, another player, uh, McDonald's All American, right down the road in Cincinnati, Ohio. She's been a very big disappointment this year, too. I look at her last night, she looks out of sync. Uh, she's falling a lot. I don't know what the deal is with that. She was hurt earlier in the year. Uh, looks out of shape right now. Uh, we got to figure that out because it's not sustainable, at least not for me, uh, for this team to uh, to just go with the big three the entire way. Maybe they'll prove me wrong. They proved me wrong last night. Uh, we shall see. What else do I want to go with? Well, let's look at, uh, for my next point, final talking point. I'll have a, a one other talking point before I uh, leave you here the next couple games. So we're done with January. Um, right now, the next five games, uh, we got Georgia tech, uh, at Georgia tech, who's 13 and seven. That should be a win. Then we have Pitt at home. Uh, they're seven and 13. That should be a win at Louisville. That'll be a big game. Uh, that's always been a big game. They're uh, 17 and three right now. 
uh, we're currently, what are we? After last night's game, uh, we're 15 and four, I believe. Yeah, I think we're 15 and four, ranked 15. Even with the loss to Syracuse this week, I think we'll probably stay at 15. Then we got to go at Florida State. Uh, they're 14 and seven. That's no gimme. And then a really good team at home, though, will play NC State. However, those five games, we could win all five of those games. But realistically, with, like I said, those uh, the big three is, is the best to me, uh, at least one of the best big three in uh, the nation right now. But our four through seven is just such a drop off. I can see us going two and three to be determined. Uh, but uh, that's the next sort of... Uh, as you look into uh, the next five games for uh, Notre Dame. Last talking point I want to go to, had anyone watched the game last night, I think if I think if Notre Dame would have been in the top five or top ten, uh, a lot of people would have heard more about Hannah Hidalgo, our true freshman McDonald's All-American. Uh, if we didn't have her this year, this team has a losing record because no Olivia Miles this year. And that's going to be a, that's going to be an interesting dynamic next year. How Coach Ivy... Uh, correlates that uh, having two great point guards. I mean, Hannah Hidalgo is more of a scoring point guard, whereas I've, I've said this before, where Olivia Miles is more of a distributor, gets everybody involved, but ha can make the big shot when you need it. Uh, but that'll be a great um, problem to have next year when you have both of them uh, back. But had had we been more in the limelight lately, but last night, like I said, the game wasn't on cable. It's on network TV, so everybody could see it. And women's college basketball is really becoming more popular right now. I think right now, uh, to be determined, but I think uh, the women's tournament will probably more be more exciting than the men's tournament because right now the men's tournament, they really don't have a, a favorite at all, and maybe no more than four teams could win it. Women have the best of both worlds right now because – you have an undefeated team that's been the dominant force in women's college basketball the last three to four years in South Carolina. Undefeated. They didn't win it last year, but still really good team. And then you have about seven to eight teams that could probably win it also. So there's really good depth this year in women's college basketball. It's not like the old days where it's been UConn, then Notre Dame a couple years here and there, then Baylor. But it's going to be a very fun tournament. The only thing is with the men's tournament you always have those first two games and that's the most popular time i think with their tournament thursday and friday a lot of uh people take the day off or take long lunch breaks to watch the games the women's game doesn't have that because they start uh friday and saturday i believe and there's less uh let's just be honest there's less marketing right now uh for the women's game but that's slowly improving with you know the caitlin clarks and everything but the, the men, pretty much those first two games, the Thursday and Friday games, uh, I think that's the most popular time for the tournament then. It's also popular time uh, for men to have vasectomies from what I uh, was checking uh, 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 data for when I was researching, uh, you know, March Madness, what goes on. I mean, I've been following it for years, but uh, that's the most popular time for that to happen where men have that procedure and then they uh, just relax that whole weekend and uh, take uh, those uh, uh, to recover a bag of peas to uh, uh, recover uh, cold peas. That is, I don't want to get too graphic here, but I, I just thought that was interesting that uh, that's the most popular time for men to uh, have a vasectomy is during the March Madness uh, tournament 
uh, that Thursday or Friday. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked here. But back to Hannah Hidalgo, uh, I think I, I'm kind of glad people finally saw her last night because she's averaging about 25 points a game. Uh, to me, she's the second best player uh, in women's college basketball right now uh, to Caitlin Clark. And I think in two to three years, she may be bigger than what we think of Caitlin Clark right now. Uh, Caitlin Clark's doing the State Farm commercials. Now with NIL, she can market herself now and make money off that. And no disrespect to Iowa, but Iowa is not Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a brand in itself. And if they are smart, they can market uh, Hannah Hidalgo uh, very well. Let's just put it that way. And that could be a... How can I say this? I don't want to say a phenomenon type thing, but in the next couple of years, if Hannah continues to progress and she's scoring 25, 30 points a game and uh, she's marketing herself with endorsements and stuff like that, uh, I think you're going to see whenever Notre Dame travels, uh, ticket sales just increase throughout the yin yang. Like with last week here in Columbus, uh, it was sold out. Uh, at the Schottenstein Center or Value City Arena, whatever they call it now. I think St. John Arena, though, was still a better place to watch uh, basketball. But here's the thing. Wherever Caitlin Clark and that team goes, it, it's a sellout. And I think in the next, excuse me, two to three years, that can be the same with Hannah Hidalgo in Notre Dame, where it's an event to see not just her, but the Notre Dame wins basketball team. And that can lead to more recruits, uh, more... Uh, how can I say more recruits, uh, more money for Notre Dame? I just think, again, no disrespect for Iowa, but it's not Notre Dame. Notre Dame can really use that brand, not just within themselves, but with Hannah Hidalgo. And really, uh, the sky's the limit with her and this program if they consistently um, take the next steps uh, through that process. But th the thing is, too, I keep saying, you got to have the product as well with uh, the women's team. And you just can't do it with this 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 big three is what I'm trying to say. Uh, we got to get that supporting cast for her. And hopefully they do because it's just not there right now. We only had four players score last night. And I know the team's feeling really good. Coach Ivy during uh, the locker room last night, uh, they did a, a video. She's like, this is what I've been telling you girls all along. This is what you're capable of. And the sky's the limit now. Uh, pump the brakes a little bit right there. Yeah, if the big three plays like that every single game, but I just don't think that's sustainable. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm eating crow, uh, but we shall see. The next podcast I'm going to have, we're going to do the same thing, but with the men's team. I know if you've been paying attention to the men's team, it's been a lot of heartbreaking uh, losses lately. And I told you before, it's going to be a losing season, but I didn't think this team would be as competitive as they are. Uh, they, did, they had a heartbreaking loss again yesterday uh, against uh, Boston College. But I think we're a little bit uh, ahead of schedule with this team. I know it doesn't seem that way right now, but this uh, if Coach Shrewsbury keeps things uh, going and gets a little bit better players, because uh, pretty much they're just playing with freshmen right now. And these aren't freshmen that Kentucky gets or Kansas gets. These aren't one-and-done kids. These are kids that you have to develop over two to three, four years, and they'll become great basketball – or not great, but solid basketball players. Uh, but it's just a – a learning curve, but I think I think we're a little bit ahead of schedule. But uh, just be patient with that Notre Dame men's team, and uh, I'll go through in a, a detailed analysis for them as well. But the thing is, they're not done uh, for their month of January games yet. They still have one more game left. 
but what else did I want to say here? I think that's about it right now. Uh, pretty much went over everything you want to go to. I can't say enough. Great win last night against UConn. Hannah Hidalgo, she's the real deal. Second best player to Caitlin Clark right now. And if Notre Dame plays their cards right, they can really promote her in a way to not only make this program better, but also just uh, promote Notre Dame better. And uh, it'll make the Caitlin Clark phenomenon just seem like a figment compared to what the potential is for Hannah Hidalgo and Notre Dame and the Notre Dame women's program uh, overall. So thank you so much for joining me for episode 127. And as always, go Irish.